You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. It's the pilot episode. Let's get to the show. Welcome to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery, and it is an honor and a privilege to have you here with me today. This is the very first episode, but I am technically coming to you from the present or the future. Timeline's a little shifty here. We're in the matrix because I am reshooting the pilot episode, and it is currently New Year's Eve of 2023. Like, it is the new year of 2023 happening in 49 minutes. And I'm reshooting the pilot episode because we are four years into this show. And so much about it has grown and evolved. And my new tradition is going to be to reshoot the pilot every year and put it out on New Year's Eve. So those of you who are starting your sobriety and recovery journey on the new year, perhaps even New Year's Day, perhaps it's one of your resolutions, whatever has brought you here today, I want to be able to talk to you now before you start going into the archive, which is what I call all the other episodes that will follow this until you get to where we are currently at, which right now is, I think, episode 194 is the next episode. So there's a lot of content that's ahead for you, and I want to let you know what to expect moving forward. So long story short about why this show is called From Sobriety to Recovery. Sobriety and recovery are not the same things. Sobriety is the action of no longer using intoxicants, whether that be alcohol or drugs. I have a history with both. I will reference them all. It doesn't matter what you were addicted to in your past. Here, From Sobriety to Recovery, Everything is being discussed. We are not just alcohol. We are not just drugs. We are all of it. And stopping the using is absolutely the first step into sobriety. The recovery aspect, it begins when you truly start to dive in deep and figure out what traumas you need to heal, the sufferings that you have been going through your entire life that led you down the path of addiction. Because all of this stuff can be traced back. And if you are open-minded and ready to go back and figure out how to heal this stuff, this show is absolutely going to be your jam. I personally thought that I was in recovery from like month two or three on. And I was sitting in one of my meetings with a, a woman who was part of the therapy organization there at Kaiser Permanente. And I went off all half-cocked about um, nutrition in one of the meetings. And for the life of me, I could not understand why people didn't seem more excited about their sobriety and their recovery and everything that I was excited about. And at the end of that meeting, I stayed back and I talked to Melissa. And my question was, is like, why are these people not listening to me? Like, sobriety is amazing. Recovery is amazing. There's nothing about this that I, I would ever want to go back to who I was. And she looked at me and she goes, Jesse, I get that you're excited, but you are not humble. You are not gracious. And you certainly are not meeting anybody in this room where they are at. There are people who are three days off meth in here, and you're over here trying to tell them and preach to them about why they should be eating broccoli and chicken and going to the gym. 
And I realized in that moment that there was a humility and a gratitude that I had yet to step into. And through lots of pleading and improving myself to Melissa, she ultimately decided at month seven to take me on as one of her therapy patients because I was just so wanting to understand the, f- the full depths of recovery and what that could be for me and how I could utilize that in my life. I then did all the stuff she talked about. We did all the stuff that was going on. I learned neuro-linguistic programming and a bunch of psychology and the science of addiction. And I got all up into this stuff seriously deep. And at the two-year mark, I decided it was time to launch the From Sobriety to Recovery podcast because I wanted to talk to more people about what I had learned, what was working for me, the things that I was putting myself through in order to heal. And that is what led this show to being launched on New Year's Day. Back then, literally, on it was January 19th of January 1st was the very first episode of this show. And that's what has us here today. And so I'm going to talk to you today about what to expect moving forward, because there's a lot of topics that started to come into this show that I wasn't prepared for. I didn't realize that they were going to be topics I was going to bring on. But ultimately, um, you know, half a million downloads and tens of thousands of listeners later, I've realized that a lot of this stuff matters to people, that there's a reason why so many of us want to know the whys of addiction. Why did we continue to do things that we knew were killing us? Why did we behave this way towards others? What was the triggers? What were the cues? What were the anchors we had established? What happened to me in my childhood, my adverse childhood experiences that began to lay the foundation for addiction to become something that I would turn to in order to find some level of solace for the emotional suffering and pain that I was feeling inside. These were, I mean, this is what I was going through for years. And when I came into sobriety, like my last, last time, and I tried to quit tens and tens and tens of times before I finally quit. Um, the, it was, you know, that year I turned 40, 2016, was not a good year for me and I almost died multiple times. And ultimately it was like, okay, this isn't going to work for me anymore. What is it that I can be doing differently? And I thought I was going to quit after the Super Bowl in 27, or, yeah, 2017. And ultimately it ended up happening a couple weeks sooner because I woke up almost dead in my bathtub, covered in my own filth, dragged myself out of that bathtub, looked at myself in the mirror, and I was, I was horrified by the monster looking back at me. I was a shell of myself. I was covered in stinky filth, and this wasn't the first time I had laid down in my bathtub and done this to myself. And and it was in that moment that I realized that the Grim Reaper was in that room with me, and it was either turn toward him and say, okay, you know, I guess this is just how it's going to be, or go in a different direction. And I left that bathroom. I went directly into my bedroom that looked like a frat party had been thrown, you know, with only one attendee, but hundreds of bottles. Um, It was like a six-month bender. I called Kaiser Permanente, told him I needed help. And that was the last day I ever consumed alcohol. And you're going to hear a lot more about that story in the future, so I won't go too deep into it now. I just want to give you some level of understanding of what was my breaking point. There was a lot of rock bottoms, that was just the day I decided life over death. And that's 
what started my journey into sobriety, into recovery, into, you know, four years ago on this day led me to shooting the very first episode of this podcast. Now, I understand that there are a lot of podcasts about addiction recovery and sobriety out there. There are, and a lot of them are interview driven with people sharing um, their stories, some of them horror stories even, and their rock bottoms. And while I absolutely feel that there's a place in the podcasting space for shows like that, when I got sober, I was looking for a show that would talk to me about the whys of addiction, you know, the hereditary aspect, the science aspect, um, the parts that would provide me answers about why I kept doing this to myself for 22 years. Um, what can I start doing right now to not only embrace sobriety as my way of life, but to fully step into the journey of recovery? I was looking for shows that were going to help me understand my emotions, my physical health, my mental and my spiritual, uh, what was going on inside of me. It, it became this, it just became such a driver. And I didn't find a show that really connected with me. I wanted to find shows that were about improving communication or understanding how my habits are created and maintained and the loops that I've gotten myself into and what triggers the desire to use and what would trigger me to step away from alcohol and drugs for three, four, five months. Hell, there's a couple times in my 22 years I stopped for a year, but it's like it was a countdown to get to that next to that next first day, right? Let's do it. And I wanted to understand what was going on in my mind that created this. I wanted to understand impulse control and cross addiction and how to have communication with people that wasn't based on arguments, right? I wanted to to fully understand what the needs were that were going on inside of me that were leading me down this path of addiction. Uh, How was negative self-talk affecting me? What was going on chemically in my brain with dopamine and serotonin and the amygdala, right? What was the science of addiction? Um, my, you know, was I responding versus reacting? Um, you know, was I holding on to my opinions so tightly that anytime somebody disagreed with me, it turned into a huge fight? Was I seeing problems instead of understanding the solution right behind it? Where were these shows that were going to talk to me about these kinds of topics? And when I couldn't find, you know, these about empathy and sympathy or compassion towards myself or understanding others or putting myself in their shoes, shame and guilt, morals, ethics, when I couldn't find shows that would talk to me like I wanted to hear them talk to me about this stuff, I just decided... I would just do the podcast myself. And 190-some plus episodes later, here we are. So who's this for? You might be in the beginning stages of sobriety. You might already be in recovery or supporting somebody in sobriety and recovery. You might just be sober curious. You might have nothing to do at all with addiction and just be looking for some really amazing like adulting 101 life coaching kind of tips. This is a show for everyone. I often talk to people about this about this podcast, and I simply say, look, it's not just for people um, looking for sobriety or in sobriety or in addiction recovery. This is just a this is a life podcast, but we frame it around addictions because I really do believe that everybody is addicted to something. It might be your phone. It might be screaming at somebody in your house whenever you don't get your way rather than calmly talking to them. But we have a behavior that is no longer serving us, that is actually taking away from our life. Alcohol and drugs, absolutely. 
are something that when you take them on at the beginning, we think they're medicine. It helps calm something. It helps mute something, heal something. It helps push that suffering and that trauma down so we don't have to necessarily feel it, think about it right now in the moment. But that medicine, it turned into poison. It turned into our poison. And you might have a sex addiction. You might have gambling. It could be any of these things. But what's going on inside your mind is the same for all of us. We are unique humans in how we interpret the world around us. But how our brain works, how our mind forms pictures, how it creates habits and what triggers us, what activates these behaviors that are no longer serving us, the brain, it it does this stuff and it is standard throughout humanity. So when we talk about these things on the show, you'll be not only are they useful for you, but they're useful for the way you talk to your friends and your family. Remember, not everybody else decided that sobriety and recovery was what they needed to do, but you did. That's how you found this podcast. That's what led you here. That's the purpose of this show, is to help those who are ready to help themselves. So one day, you're the person with the enlightenment and the empowerment, and you come out of that fire with buckets for the next person. This is the show that will provide you with the answers that you've been seeking. Because a lot of us are why learners. We want to know why we were an addict for so long. We want to know what we can do now to heal that child inside of us so that we don't go backwards and we only move forwards. This show is for everyone, but it's specifically tailored for you, for those of us who are ready to make massive life changes. And I get it. There will be ebbs and flows. There might even be potentially a lapse or a relapse in your future. But if you listen to this show and you work your program, whatever that is, and we will talk more about that in future episodes, that you can begin to work your way out of where you've gotten yourself to. We want to get you out of where you're at and get you moving toward the person you've always wanted to be. So what are you going to be able to get out of this? I mean, it's just going to be in-depth. It's going to be amazing. It's going to bring you tons of knowledge. I've gotten thousands of responses from listeners to this podcast, and they say that they sit there with a pen and a pad, and they take notes, while others listen to it while they're mowing the lawn or driving to school or work. It can be for anything. You can listen to it passively and just allow it to matriculate into your brain and do with what it does, and it will slowly but surely, it will change you. You could take notes, and you could start to study this material, You can begin to go out and and research the books that I talk about, the ones that have taught me so much. Because I didn't just go out and read books about addiction recovery. I went out and read books about mindset and about habits and neuro-linguistic programming and cognitive behavioral therapy and um, emotional and mental um, desensitization, desensitization, EMDR. Like I went out and I I gobbled up all of it because I wanted to know the brain. The frequency of this, you'll notice, you can look, there's a couple hundred episodes at this point. Put them out about every week, but at this point, you're listening to the pilot, it won't matter. You've got a lot of material ahead. And I would highly recommend you don't try to blaze through them to catch up, that you listen to them in a way where you can fully embrace all of the information being presented to you. Of course, that being said, if you want to gobble them all down, go for it. Because they're always here waiting for you if you want to check back in. 
I, I told myself I was going to keep these episodes at around 30 minutes when I first started this four years ago, and that did not hold true. I often go 45 minutes to an hour. Um, again, thousands of people have responded to questions I've asked about the length, and they've said, look, man, I'll get in and out of my car while running errands listening to you. I don't care how long they are. I just like the material. So I stopped caring so much about the length, although I will reference that often in the show. Um, I stopped caring so much about it and just said, you know what, let's let's discuss this topic in depth. I'm going to bring you tons of examples so that you can literally put yourself into these stories that I tell so that you can experience them, so that they can become part of you. I want you to understand yourself in a way that you never knew was possible. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And I cannot stress enough how important um, not this show is necessarily to me. While the show is my conduit to build a community with so many of you in it, it's the community that this show has created that has mattered so much to me. It is what has kept this show going. Originally, I thought it was going to be maybe 100 episodes max. I'd run out of topics, and then I would go off and I'd start another podcast. But instead, here we are, almost 200 episodes in, celebrating the four-year anniversary of this podcast when I'm about ready to celebrate my six-year soberversary on January 13th of 2023, and I've already mapped out the next 400 episodes of this show. I've got so many topics, I will never run out, and I will just continue to bring new experiences from my journey. Um, I do recovery coaching now. I'm a certified recovery peer support specialist. Um, I speak at addiction recovery centers. I've gone into businesses and helped them with addiction and, and mental health. I've gone into colleges and talked to them about depression and suicide ideation and addiction. I I speak all over the place um, quite frequently. <laughs> it's pretty amazing what this has turned into. Um, I had no clue where this was going to lead me when I first started it, and I could say that it has gone above and beyond anything that I've ever thought it could become. Um, there's going to be a lot of examples from my life. If you feel triggered by something that I'm talking about, I want you to examine that inside yourself. What is it that I'm saying? What is it that you're hearing? What is it that you're feeling? Because when you get triggered, those are in psychology, it's, it's a cue. You're getting cued by something. You have a memory that whenever I say something or somebody else says something, it's cueing off a previous uh, experience you had that your brain um, considers to be similar. So when that happens, now all of a sudden you start to feel a craving. It could be a craving to turn the podcast off. It could be a craving to go use. It could be a craving to listen more and longer. Whatever that craving is, you're going to respond to it. And we're going to walk you through the habit loop. We're going to talk to you about this stuff in this show. Because when you fully understand how your mind created these habits, you can figure out where in that loop that you can snap it. And you can shift that habit from where it was taking you undesirably to where it can now begin to take you desirably. That's going to be your journey from sobriety to recovery is to fully dive in deep, figure all this stuff out. And not only will your life get better, but every single person who is associated with you, their lives will get better just at the very minimum through osmosis, just from watching you make massive life changes and follow through on your word and your promises. You will rebuild trust with people. Most importantly, you will rebuild trust with yourself. And if you have ever said, I just want to love myself, it starts by trusting yourself. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. 
This is how you, um, this is how people fall in love with one another. They say they're going to be somewhere. They show up. They say they're going to do something. They do it. As trust is formed between two people, love begins to to feel experienced. And before you know it, you're in an amazing relationship and you're like, how did we get here? It's because day by day, you built that trust. You built a connection with someone by following through with what you said you were going to do. And that's what you are going to do for yourself. And that will lead you to loving yourself. And maybe even for the first time in your entire life, that is going to be your journey from sobriety to recovery. A little bit more about what you can expect with this show. Um, I first touched alcohol when I was 17, but my pathway into addiction was started much earlier. My very first time really noticing that in myself was about eight years old when my mom got Crohn's disease and I became very, I became a control freak. There was so much chaos in the house. I had to become, I was, became extremely organized. And it was in that wildly, um, just this intense desire to feel like I could make control out of chaos that everything came everything became very formulaic for me. Uh, my mom had a colostomy bag. She was always sick. My dad was a workaholic. And, you know, he did. He definitely believed in the phrase, spare the rod, spoil the child. And there wasn't a whole lot of connected love in the house. While my mom did her best, and I definitely felt love, it wasn't necessarily meeting the needs of an eight-year-old child. And what began to form was a very enabling relationship between me and my mother, right? She was often sick. She was taking some pills. She was drinking some booze. Dad was a workaholic. He was never around. And when he was, I definitely was afraid of him. And then as the years went on and mom's disease ebbed and flowed, eventually I found myself in high school and we had moved around so much in my childhood uh, every year until I got into high school that I I was always the new kid. I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Um, I was socially isolated. Mainly my mom was sick a lot. So there wasn't like I was doing after school activities and I was puny. So at best I wasn't going to be good at any sports. And it just turned out that there wasn't a whole lot of friendships in my life. And then my senior year, I finally meet some people who are willing to let me into their clique. I get into Glee Club. Uh, first time that I'd been around football players and athletes who were actually willing to be my friend. The whole Glee Club was made up of our starting football team. And all of a sudden, I'm getting invited to parties, and there's alcohol, and there's women. And I was like, wow, you go to a party, and you're around alcohol and booze and drugs, and next thing you know, pretty girls want to talk to me. So I go to Ball State University, and I, I decide that the best way to have hot chicks around me and cool dudes want to hang with me is to be a drug dealer and an alcoholic. And, you know, 12 years later, three different universities. And by the time I graduated at 30, I basically had figured out that the best place for an alcoholic and a drug addict to hide is in college. So I just kept switching my major, half-ass attending classes. And when I'm I went through my 30s in Los Angeles, California, and I tried to do a lot of things. I was a stand-up. I was an improvisational artist. I did morning news shows. I was a red carpet interviewer. Um, you know, I was a sports writer. I did all of these things, thinking that I was keeping my life moving forward and on a good track. And generally, I wasn't doing a bad job, but I wasn't 100% there because I was often wasted, either coming off of a hangover 
or silently drinking vodka out of a water bottle while I was on set just to keep myself from shaking. So by the time I hit 40 years old and started waking up in the bathtub of death, it finally got to the point where this was either going to kill me or I was going to save myself. My miracle worker was Melissa, my therapist, at seven months in saying, yes, I will take you on now. And I, so I left my old therapist. I went to her and she started teaching me about integrity and humility and gratitude. And as I began to learn more and more with my history of being a life coach and a business consultant and of a personal trainer, I just sort of felt the desire to help other people in recovery, help other people find their way through sobriety, not as a sponsor. Um, I wasn't that into AA. I was into Kaiser Permanente's program. So I didn't want to be a sponsor, but I wanted to be somebody who had information that would help people. And once I deduced that it wasn't just addiction that was destroying us, but it was our mental health and it was our adverse childhood experiences. And it was all these things that we had gone to that led us into this room or into this podcast. I realized that there was just the idea of sobriety and recovery was so vast. I could not just sit by idly waiting for somebody else to create the show that I was looking for. So yes, now I'm a recovery coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a business coach, right? I I literally switched my identity from an addict to someone who is immersed in this idea of addiction recovery without it necessarily always being the center of my life. I don't introduce myself to everybody as being somebody who's in addiction recovery, but I don't hide it either. In Los Angeles, there wasn't much of a stigma. It was LA. A lot of things go there. You don't have to worry about feeling stigmatized. In fact, it's almost a badge of honor. Think about all the celebrities who come out and people herald them. But what about us normal people, right? Living in Tulsa or Oklahoma City or Columbus, Indiana or St. Augustine's or anywhere around the entire country, the world. I've, I've literally touched over 150 countries on this planet with this show. So wherever you are all at, right? We don't have to be on the cover of magazines to have our life be important. There are people who who desire for us to be connected to them and to look them in the eyes and be present and to not start fights right away. And they want to see the brighter side of us. And we want to be that brighter light for them. We want to be that lighthouse instead of the fog, instead of the darkness that we have done. And I say this on the show a lot, that you're either thriving in the sunshine or you're dying in the shade. And there are a lot of people out there who want nothing more than to love you. And yes, it's going to be a journey to get some of them to forgive you, for some of them to forget who you had been for so long. And, and some of that is their own work of starting to see who you are becoming. But it's not just about what they're seeing you become. What are you seeing yourself become? When you look in the mirror, who's looking back? And what are you going to do today to work on your recovery and your sobriety so the next day you look in that mirror, you see yourself just a smidge bit better, just a smidge bit closer to this. It's a never-ending journey, but yet you're still moving closer to the never-ending story. It's like a movie I used to watch when I was a kid, the never-ending story. I mean, the movie did end, but yours, yours doesn't. It doesn't until that final breath. And by choosing sobriety and recovery, we are prolonging our life. We are pushing that final breath away. I know I can never use again. That's something that I I know. And we'll have episodes about that. I know I can never use again. And I'm, I'm fine with that. The bell has been rung. I don't get to go back to being somebody who can have a drink and then not touch it and not think about it and not obsess about it ever again for the next week. I'm not that person. 
It was hereditary in me, and then I fueled that fire, and now it's done. I disassociated, disassociated myself from the old Jesse addict, and now I'm associated into this version of me in addiction recovery. I understand that the addiction mindset's in me. Right? I've taken that beast and I no longer let him control the wheel of my life anymore. I didn't, I didn't destroy him. I didn't kick him out of the bus. He's definitely sitting many, many, many rows back. But that's the ego. That's, that was the ego part of me. That's who's back there with that monster. I'm no longer in charge of my life. I can't just manipulate myself to forget that version of me. I don't want to forget that version of me. I want that version of me to be there to, as a reminder of how bad it could be if I'm not present and aware of my decisions and my emotions. But at the same time, they no longer get a say. That egotistical addiction monster no longer gets a say in my life. The patterns are in there. I, I can notice them when I get obsessive about my macros at the gym or I get obsessive about my, how much I'm learning or, how, or, or the way I talk. Like I can notice the addiction mindset in me. I no longer let it control me. I am in charge of me. I don't, I don't go to meetings where I have to say that I'm an addict. I don't need to say that to remind myself that I am a person with alcoholism. I absolutely say that. I have alcoholism. I do say that I'm in addiction recovery. And, I, and if you've made it this far and you're into what I'm saying so far, I must stress this beyond everything else. All programs have merit. All programs have worth. Let's face it. If AA wasn't started tens and tens of decades ago, somewhere back in the early 1900s, I'm not sure where society would be without it. It is a blessing. And while a lot of people are looking for another pathway other than AA and the 12-step program, I never, never talk bad about it. It has saved hundreds of maybe even millions of lives. So if you're somebody who wants to say that you're an addict, I am not going to tell you not to, but I am going to explain to you why I don't and how attaching that level of an identity statement to my unconscious mind could actually cause me problems in the future. I absolutely have alcoholism. That is, it's, it's, like, it's like some people will argue that how is this a disease? Because I, you didn't choose to get cancer, but yet you got it. Or, but it's like, well, you could have lung cancer that runs in your family, and you smoke cigarettes, and that perpetuates the the uh, let's just say the like the the reliability. No, it perpetuates the chance that you'll get lung cancer. Just like with me, alcoholism is hereditary. And then it gets into my brain and it starts to mess around with the amygdala and serotonin and the prefrontal cortex tries to get involved, but it doesn't even have a chance to say anything because dopamine's already moving itself around and basal ganglia and all these other sciencey things that we'll talk about very much in depth in the show. Skip ahead to one of the episodes in the 190s where I actually have a PhD scientist come on and talk about the science of addiction. So I know this stuff is in me. I want to explain to you why it's in you and what you can be doing now to further propel your life toward who you've always wanted to be. Maybe nobody has ever told you that you're worth it. Maybe nobody has ever told you that you have worth, that you have earned your right to be on this planet, that your breaths are just as special as my breath. So if no one's ever told you that, let me be the person who tells you that now. You are worthy. You are worthy. There was a go speed racer kind of event that happened right before you were conceived where millions upon millions of sperm were trying to become the one that became you. And the one that won is you. 
You already won a race just to get here. You're already amazing just because you were born you. Whatever happened in your childhood that ever told you you weren't worthy, it is now time for you to heal it, for you to figure out what you can learn from it and become someone you want to see looking back at you in the mirror. This is why I launched the show. I don't have it all figured out. I'm working on this stuff every single day. It'd be ridiculous not to share this stuff with you. I just have this desire, this need inside of me. It, is, it has become, it went from a passion and it became my purpose. I want to be handing buckets out for those on fire. People want to talk about this stuff. They want to know the whys and the hows and the whats and the where they can begin to heal and shift themselves. When I get this spark inside of me, I want to create something with it. I want to talk to people about it. While I don't, like I said, tell everybody I'm in addiction recovery, I don't hide it. I, I'm not afraid of the stigma. If you live in a community where you are stigmatized, then welcome home. You are welcome here. Here is where we can talk about this stuff. I don't care if you're in a 12-step program or refuge recovery or SMART or young people in recovery. or the, the, There's so many options. Whatever you're in, work it. If it's working for you, work it. If you want more, then let's talk. And here's the thing. Whatever you're doing in your program, this information is only going to be an addition to it. It's not just that knowledge is power. It's what you do with the knowledge. It's the actions you take. That's where the power lives. If you still feel like you've got to hide in the shadows, I will tell you that you don't. Step out of the shadows, step into the sunshine, and if other people are blinded by your light and your brightness and your enthusiasm for sobriety and recovery, let's help you start finding other people. I've created an entire community about this. I call them the Wise Mind Empowerment and Recovery Tribe. We meet on the Voxer app. We're always chatting. Heck, tonight, there's, a, there, there's, a, there's at least a handful of them that are constantly in here you know, texting about their New Year's and sitting at home and, and being sober and being present with their kids and their wives and their husbands and their family and their friends and not being blacked out wasted by midnight. And it's awesome. We're seeing pictures and we're sharing this experience together. Sometimes you will have to go certain stages of your sobriety recovery alone. There will, things that, there will be things you have to do in your own world. But when you're done with those and you've learned new things about yourself, I want you to feel comfortable sharing those with people. And whether it's with the tribe I've created and this entire ecosphere that I've made available to y'all, or if it's just in your own community, I want to be someone who gives you strength to go out there and speak your truth. All sobriety and recovery programs are welcome here. I am like, I'm, I I often like to frame it like this. When you get out of treatment and you're in that amazing environmental bubble and you're thinking to yourself, what next? I'm next. From sobriety to recovery, the podcast is next. The book I'll be releasing this year is called Great You're Sober, Now What? Because sobriety is the first step. It's the entry into this new world. But what are you doing once you've gotten sober? What are you doing with the rest of your life? Because while the world will be more than happy to applaud you for getting sober, they're going to want to know what you're going to do next. Whether you're in the United States or anywhere else around the world, you'll notice. It'd be like, okay, you know... Two, three years into your sobriety, people are like, great, you're sober, but like you're still not taking out the trash. You're still not picking up the kids on time from school. What are you going to do today to even more so increase your life? 
Every program's accepted here. If you feel like you're white knuckling it, then let's talk about that. Let's let's listen to more of the show. Let's go and get into a conversation about it. I do free consultation calls with listeners who want to tap into that. I have recovery coaching and I, and I teach classes about uh, how to understand the science and, and of your mind and what's going on. There, there's I I've covered the gambit. Heck, I run an ad in front of the podcast talking specifically about some of these things. And you can always go to my website, jessemogul.com, and read more about what it is I do. This is a show for all of us. Tapping into the emotions that need to be healed, that's what we're going to be doing here. I healed that little child to some degree. Like I said, I don't have all of this. It's not everything is figured out. I talk about things that I'm still working on, but I know that there are areas of my life I can be working on. My awareness is there. And that's why there's this inclusivity over exclusivity. Everyone is included. There's transparency and there's honesty here. We've chosen to feel the emotions that we have for so many years. Now it's time to choose to feel different emotions ones that can increase our betterment and have us looking in the mirror and seeing someone who is trying and putting forth effort in our lives. For years, no doubt, you have been talking to yourself in your mind like somebody who you're just beating yourself down. You're not worthy. You're worthless. You're not worthy of love. And I'm here to tell you that you are. Not only have I found it in myself, I have helped thousands of others find it personally and Hundreds upon hundreds of thousands find it just through this podcast alone. Today is the day. Start making that change. You have your entire life in front of you. I want to give you the empowerment to step into it. That is what we're going to be talking about on this show. I really do sincerely care so much about this community and those of us who are supporting those in sobriety and recovery, those of us who are ready to step into sobriety and recovery, those who may have been in it for years and are just looking for some way to up-level their life even more. I hope that I am a person you can trust to bring you those resources. Please, by all means, go to my social media at From Sobriety to Recovery on Instagram or at Jesse Mogul, also on Instagram. But I'm also going to be starting to do a little bit more on the TikTok and all those things. And, you know, at the very least within the show notes, there are ways for you to reach out to me. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to find me on the socials or send me an email. I would love to hear from you. Do you have some questions? I would love to be somebody who could help you get those answers. Okay. One of the coolest things that has changed about this show is that I didn't know how to end it at first. And you'll notice that I don't end it the way I'm about to end it over the next, I don't know, 50, 100 episodes because it really started to form itself over time. And so when I go to end this show now, you're going to hear it now and you probably won't hear it again for like another 100 episodes. But there's so many things that I like to say at the end of the show. And since it's the pilot, I'll explain some of those. The first thing I say is inclusivity over exclusivity because it's I am all about inclusion, not exclusion. Right? No one is left out. I do not seek to judge you. I do not have any energy in my life to judge another human. I seek to understand you and everyone I come into contact with at a deeper, more meaningful level. I have no energy to judge. I burned that bridge with myself years ago by behaving and being somebody who was always being judged. I do not want anyone to see me and think that I am looking at them the way I know people were looking at me for over 20 years. So it's all about inclusivity over exclusivity. The second thing I say is the power of positive energy, release and flow. 
Have that power of positive energy. Release it into the world and watch your life flow. When you are a positive person, when you are someone that has positive social interactions with others around you, it will come back. Karma is that energy. It's not necessarily that you ever did anything wrong to somebody, but it's when you were putting out negative energy, it's like it came back. Let's start putting out that powerful energy, that powerful positive energy. Let's release it and let's have our lives flow. The power of positive energy, release and flow. The, The third thing I say is every day is the best day of my life because I wake up sober. I truly, honestly believe it. Every day is the best day of my life because I wake up sober. Because I know what it's like to wake up hungover. I know what it's like to stay up for four days on a Coke bender. That was not working for me. Every day is the best day of my life because I wake up sober. The fourth thing I say is shout out to Sunshine because this guy named, uh, his nickname was Sunshine. His name was Ron Rico Davis. He worked with me in a Hollywood hotel uh, called the Roosevelt for six years. He was the very first person who saw me on my very first day. And he himself was at 28 years of sobriety. And I walked in and I said, okay, man, I'm ready to join you on your journey. And he goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, today is the very first day of the rest of my life. I will no longer get in, intoxicated or do drugs anymore starting today. And he was there with me for many, many years until he passed away during the um, COVID um, crisis that our country has just now, you know, I guess the world's still sort of kind of going through it. But we, unfortunately, I did lose him because of COVID. And it was a sad, sad day to have to say goodbye to somebody who was my very first supporter. So I say shout out to Sunshine. And then I say glow on because one of the tribal members named Crystal, who's uh, become a very, very amazing person in my life and for the tribe, um, she likes to say glow on. I'm like, hey, you know, send out your sunshine. Be somebody that people want to be around and watch how that positive energy just reverberates to every single aspect of your life. So that's why I say the things that I do to finish the show. We have gone 41 minutes and some odd seconds, so I think it's about that time I ended up. Please, I would love nothing more than for you to dive in deeper into the episodes that are after this one. There are hundreds waiting for you. I hope to see you on the other side. And by all means, if you need anything answered or you want to reach out, I think I just explained to you how to do that. Find it in the show notes. All right, my friends. It is an honor and a privilege to reshoot the pilot episode. Happy New Year. We'll do another pilot episode on New Year's Eve of next year. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of my life because I wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine. Glow on. We'll see you next week, my friends. Bye-bye. 